Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hey guys, uh, it's Brandon from all the way over in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, we're currently in another lockdown, so I've been watching a lot of horror movies with my cat. Luna, come say hi. <laughs> and um, yeah, I've got a question for you guys. If your real life became like a horror movie, which subgenres would you most like and least like to have to try and survive through? All right, keep up the great work, guys. Peace. Thanks, Brandon, and congrats for being our first question winner all the way from Melbourne, Australia. Yay. And I think I will speak for all three of us when I also say, hi, Luna. Hi, Luna. <laughs> hi, Luna. So this question definitely piqued our interest. First and foremost, before we get to this question and our second question, thanks to everybody who sent in their questions. We got a bunch of emails, a bunch of voicemails. We do plan on getting to them in future episodes. They just didn't win prizes this particular time, but we do greatly appreciate the effort that everyone put in on this and us celebrating our first anniversary. Yay. Yay. Yeah, deliberations, I should point out, went right up until record time, so it was not an easy decision. Yeah, it came down to the wire on this one. There were some really great questions out there. We really appreciate all of you. And I appreciate Megan and Zena for doing this with me for the last year. Yay! Oh, oh our Sean. Peggy. So I have a speech written. No, I don't. I don't. Th that would be silly. Well, now I'm just, I just. What I want to speak? Speech, 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 speech. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I this last year doing the bloody disgusting podcast has been exactly what I hoped it would be. Magical. You know. Yes, very magical, magical. full of sparkles and magic. Yeah. Treating myself to things. And <laughs> onion chips and Tokyo convertibles. Oh yeah. All the stuff. <laughs> Just being the Peggy of the, the Dark Trio has been everything I imagined it would be. And then some. And then mm. some. So, but to Brandon's question, let's tackle that. So the people who are listening to this are like, yeah, but who got the second question? <laughs> let's answer this one first. Uh, Zena, start it out. What subgenre would you most like and least like to survive through? Okay, most likely survive. I'll go with that first. A horror comedy. Because I think I got this, you know, I, I think I got this because even if you, if you do die, it'll be funny, you know, you'll be having like a good time. I'm most likely to survive, but even if I don't, it'll be a laugh. I like it'll that. It'll be okay. And then, okay. Um, so there's kind of two for, for this one. The one that I would not survive. I would not survive a psychological horror movie at all. I'm more than positive. Um, 
Because even when I, okay, if, if I see something crazy, you know, like, come on, okay, let's think about it. Um, a tale of, from like a tale of two sisters, right? And say if I, I think I see something and I'm just yeah. going to, I find myself just, I'm just going to stare at it. I'm going to be screaming and I'm not, I'm going to be so obvious. What am I going to do? Oh, I'll be right back. No, because the spirits <laughs> are going to know. So I wouldn't survive. And then with a slasher movie, I wouldn't survive because I would probably be that scared character that wouldn't want to go anywhere. And honestly, I would also be that one who's always falling because I'm that scared. Aww. My knees will... My knees will give out on me. I know it. So help me. Help me. <laughs> Drag me with you, please. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> Follow that. <laughs> Follow that. Okay. So I'll, I'll do the reverse. My least likely to survive. Uh, survival horror. For similar oh. reasons in the sense that my knees are going to give out type situation. <laughs> I am not that athletically climbed. Like you put me in the descent. Uh, yeah, I'm probably tripping and falling and breaking my neck before we even get to the bad guys. Um, <laughs> you know, so things like the shallows and where you have elements to contend with on top of like supernatural or monstery things. Yeah, no, I would die. Uh, and then for most likely... I kind of, I, I went with like haunted house paranormal stuff. What? Beca How? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm going <laughs> to tell you, uh, because they tend to have the lowest body count. You know, oh. you watch, you watch poltergeist. They all, they all lived. You watch conjuring one and two. It's bad news for the dog, but the people lived. <laughs> so that was my logic that I, I could, I would probably be scared witless, but I would live. Okay. Yeah, I I follow Megan on that one. I think the the ghost and spirits paranormal one, it's like a paranormal activity esque scenario. Yeah, I think I'm okay. Yeah, but wait, but, but wait, what if it's more like J horror where it just follows you for weeks and torture you? <laughs> and, and like it's just like a twitchy faced ghost the entire yes, time. But then no, I'm out. I didn't say J horror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, there's some simple rules. We've watched enough horror where it's like, yeah, I'm not going to put that unmarked videotape in my VCR. I, I'm not yep. going to step foot in this house that has an urban legend about it mm -hmm. being a murder house. So I am not going to go antique shopping. Yeah. I'm not going to accept chain letters if yeah. like this is 1994 or something. I'm not going to deal with any of that. And frankly, if I hear creaks and stuff in the middle of the night, I sleep super heavy and it's mostly my wife who would go check it out. And then that's, and what, then she would know. be the one to go. So it all well, works out gotta, for you. She's got to know better. Yeah. <laughs> Don't play with Ouija boards. We're set. And I think I'm least likely to survive any sort of zombie slash post-apocalyptic. Hmm. Like, so kind of along the lines of Megan's survival instincts for me, if all of a sudden it's like, all right, everything's ending. I'm like, ah, I give up. I don't even think I'd fight. I'd just oh, be like, ah, I You're not going to at least go raid the grocery store and make sure you've mm. devoured the last Twinkie? Yeah. Nah. Nah. There's probably other people there, and I'll just be like, I don't want to. I don't want to. I just want to hang Oh, that's so depressing, but I guess those movies kind of are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't want some sort of a mist-type scenario, although that's what I imagine happening. Oh. So... I am least likely to do well in that at all. Fair. Like, give me pretty much everything else before that, short of like extreme horror. I don't even want to be involved in that in the first place. Oh, no. All right. Call slash winner two. 
Hey fellow horror fans, my name is Colby Massey, musician and host of the Spooky Boys Horror Show podcast. My question for you today is both simple and complex. What movie that is not marketed as a horror movie do you find terrifying? For me, it was a 2017 Netflix original titled The Discovery. I had the pleasure of seeing the premiere of this movie, followed by a Q&A with director Charlie McDowell and actor Jason Siegel at a theater in Newport, Rhode Island. This film creeped me out both for being filmed in my backyard, the shoreline of Rhode Island, and for its unique and chilling perspective of the afterlife. Let me know what movies come to your guys' minds. Love the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Kobe, and congratulations. First and foremost, for putting forth the amount of effort in your call that we have not put into producing our own show. <laughs> so we had to give a little bit of benefit to that, but also it's just a good topic that we really like. So thank you so much thank for that. You. So, <laughs> Megan, what is the... We're, we're, we're just going to do one. Okay, cool. I have a lot. We're <laughs> okay. just going to do one to start. What is your scariest movie that's not explicitly horror? And I, I am afraid... I've doubled up. Oh, <laughs> I'm almost positive we have the same. I I would maybe I would be kind of surprised because I went completely not remotely horror at all. Oh. Just a movie that's not horror that disturbed me, and maybe because I watched it, I don't know if it would hold up the same. It's been probably since the '90s since I've seen it. But kids, do you oh, remember that? Oh, yeah. yeah, totally. That, that's a good pick. That movie really unsettled me, and it's not horror, but it could be. Yeah. But it is at the same yeah, time. Yeah, it's a very different kind of horror. Nice. How about you, Xena? Um, so I'm gonna actually go, I mean, this is a thriller, Nightcrawler. That one ah. his character himself just grossed me out. Yeah. So. Yes, yes. I felt very unsettled the entire time. And yeah. you're the one who picked it for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> She's not sorry. She's not. <laughs> I have to go with one that we have already spoken about on the podcast and say Return to Oz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Return to Oz, beginning to end, that's, is a horror movie. That's the overlap, huh? I did consider it. it. Is, yeah. I was almost positive that one of you would say it. It is messed up from the wheelers. <laughs> yeah. To the Princess queen taking Bobby, her head yeah. off. <laughs> to the fact that they're going to give Dorothy electroshock therapy. Yeah. Crazy. What is happening? That's, that's what starts it all. And none of her friends are there. It's like, yeah, it's doom and gloom, the kids movie. Now, just for fun, does anyone have other examples of non-horror movies that they were really bothered by? Jesus Camp. <laughs> oh, isn't it? Yeah. Jesus Camp, isn't there one called Hell House, too, and it's the same thing? I have not seen that one. Okay, I think it's a similar premise, yeah. But mm. well, well, it's a, they they uh, it's super ultra conservative Christians setting up haunted houses, but it's about like the evils of premarital sex, and there's like an abortion room, and just like oh my god, uh, literally. <laughs> yeah, that takes it a step further, I think. Je yeah. Jesus mm -hmm. Camp is just like these poor poor children. Yeah. I'll be using you know. I'm going to go with a kid's movie, Pinocchio. That one always creeps huh? me out, even as a kid, especially um, that island, Pleasure Island. Yeah. Kids into donkeys. Like, it's crazy. Can you imagine? Like, if you misbehave, you may turn into a donkey. <laughs> and never come back, yeah. I took it one step deeper a little while ago because we were reading Pinocchio, like the, the movie book to our kids a while ago. And it dawned on me, I'm like, so they take these kids to this island where they get them drunk. 
and they turn them into asses and then they sell the asses to people internationally. Mm-hmm. Oh no, that's like another level of messed up. Yeah. Like, oh God. Anyway, uh, I went kids movie too. I said Coraline. My daughter watched Coraline. I'm like, this is dark. <laughs> how did she, <laughs> how did she like it? Was she scared or? She was okay with it. And she just went to see that new Disney movie, Jungle Cruise or whatever it's called. Yeah. And she was mm-hmm. super sad at that. I'm like, how are you sad at a rock movie? And Coraline doesn't bother you. Yeah, I, I've seen both, and Coraline is a scarier one. Yeah. Yeah. Button eyeballs. Oh, God. And spidery thing. I was also thinking Marathon Man, if you've ever seen that. There's a lot of teeth drilling in that, and that mm. is messed up. On that note... Welcome to the one-year anniversary episode of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hi. And you know her from her YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and her infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hello. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. If not, we're going to do our quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So, Zena, what's been filling your heart this week? First, happy anniversary, guys. Yeah, happy yeah, anniversary. Happy anniversary. <laughs> okay, cool. So, I uh, checked out Two Evil Eyes from 1990. I have it on Blu ray. Um, yeah, guys, it's just such a magical land. Blue Underground, they actually sent me the 4K UH, UHD Blu-ray, and Ew. it comes with a ton of special features, and so all weekend long, I was just in heaven, and um, there's, like, a lot of special features, like, interviews behind the scenes, it's just, oh, my God, okay, anyway, <laughs> so, uh, this is, uh, two horror tales, uh, based on short stories by Edgar Allan Poe. And it's directed by George A. Romero and Dario Argento. One is about a greedy wife who kills her husband, but not completely. And then the other one is about a sleazy reporter who adopts a strange black cat who's very cute. (laughs) So uh, the first segment, this one has always freaked me out. It's called The Facts in the Case of Mr. Vladimir. Sorry. And it's my favorite segment. I think that it's just so creepy. It's still just, there's just something... That just really affects me about it, but I just love it so much and I can't stop watching it. So uh, the woman, she's pretty much a gold digger and she's having an affair with her husband's doctor and they put together like this whole scheme so they can take his money and the husband, he is, he's about to die very soon. And so the doctor, he finds a way to hypnotize him and order so he can speak and then that way you know, his business partners, nobody would ever know. Like he just, he's on the phone. He's, that's his voice. So, okay, give her all his money. Um, But then, yeah, out of the blue, unfortunately, he dies. He dies while hypnotized and he's stranded in between two worlds, the living and the dead. And that's, yeah, that's when things get wild. So I almost had a heart attack while watching this movie. The first time I remember I, I checked it out because I was watching it at night. Home alone, because sometimes my husband, he works late nights. And um, why? Because we need someone to pay our bills. And I'm kidding. Okay. Oh, my God. (laughs) I love you. I'm sorry. Okay. Anyway, but yeah, sometimes he works late nights. So anyway, um, what creeped me out about it is pretty much he's in this trance, but it's not really him. And there's just something about his voice, like, it's just it's really creepy 
obviously the wife she's like freaking out she just wants to take the money and leave just leave the country but the doctor there's just he's a little odd anyway but he finds it fascinating and he try he even has like a cold conversation with the husband and he's just like the husband is telling him that you know please wake me up i'd rather just be dead because they're they're watching me chills you know like there's there are these things these spirits they're they're watching him because they want to use him to come to the other side to the living side so yeah um i'll stop right there because you know spoilers but it is a very creepy tale and uh just don't be greedy okay don't be a greedy individual i feel like you watch a lot of movies that involve someone trying to like a plot to steal a spouse's money or a relative's really? money <laughs> i didn't notice there's been God. a few so just saying <laughs> no uh, okay then the next segment i thought was pretty cool um it's directed by dario argento and it's you know called the black cat and basically it's this uh tabloid photographer who's just really into exploring for some reason gruesome crime scenes he even likes to recreate his own and he recreates it with a cat like why would you do that you know that was that was really hard to watch and it's not really a spoiler because it's in the synopsis and also it's in the trailer okay and yeah, but that's things still just take a horrible, horrible turn. Um, he's dating this woman. They've been in a long term relationship for maybe like four years or so, but they have a very rocky relationship. And it's because of him, because he's terrible. He's jealous and, and he's just embarrassing. Um, but yeah, it's uh, there's some familiar actors in it, the performances. Um, and this one is really, really great. And it has like a really dark fate for a lot of the characters. And I just love the direction of it. So if you do like. You know, Dario Argento, George A. Romero, Creepy Tales, check this one out. And then the second thing that I watched, uh, I checked out Lotta Land from 2011 on Netflix. A family moves into a neighborhood where they encounter a series of terrifying paranormal events that leads them to the edge of sanity. So it's pretty much like a haunted house movie gone wrong. It's like the whole community is just haunted. But it's actually based off of a whole, um, off of a true story about a gated community that was shut down because of a series of mysterious deaths and um, paranormal occurrences. So um, this family, they they move to this like upscale uh, house in development. They have such big dreams. They have high hopes. They discover though that the neighborhood is not perfect at all. Within like a week or so of moving in there, there's like a horrible death of uh, a little girl in the neighborhood or a kid in the neighborhood. And um, yeah, like the paranormal events just start to pretty much drive the, the, the family like insane. And, and there's nothing they can do about it because they, they came from nothing and now they thought that they were on the rise. And it, it's there are some familiar tropes that we've seen before, um, especially with the jump scares. But there are a lot of good old fashioned like suspense. And yeah. even as far as it goes, like with the horror itself, like I feel like I kind of went in um, just to have this movie on in the background, but I found myself just watching it because it really was that good. And oh. the poster, it does look like, oh, you know, this is, I've seen this before, but I kind of like the direction of it. And then, yeah, so um, if it, 
last thing too is I know that with John, he's always mentioning how he cares about the characters and stuff. So with these <laughs> characters, you really, really do care about them, Aww. which is touching. Oh, is that guy who cares about characters no, in movies? That's a, that's a good thing because you. I mean, clearly, I cared about them, so I was concerned. It wasn't like, oh, whatever. Like, <laughs> like this hurry is up and movie. kill him. Yeah, yeah. This is one movie from I think maybe it's from like 2011 or 2012 called Crawl Space about this family that moves into this house. But, you know, the characters, they weren't too great, you know. There's a little, okay, I'm going down a rabbit hole. The point is, is that, you know, we all <laughs> seen those movies where sometimes they're they're not too good. But back to Lotta Land, I think it's really cool. Plus, there's a cat cam. They do a cat cam. And then also, there is a terrifying game of hide and seek. Oh. Yeah, so that's what I checked out. What about cool. you, Megan? I watched The Cellar. It is a 1988 movie. Uh, Vinegar Syndrome released it on Blu-ray, and which was exciting. Like it was an instant purchase for me because I remember seeing this movie on VHS when I was a kid, and I had never seen it again. Like this was the first Aww. time I think it got transported to blue or even I don't even think it went to DVDs. I think it was literally VHS, and then here we are to Blu-ray. Um, <laughs> And so I needed I needed to refresh my memory on it. Uh, it is about a family. They move into this old house in the Texas desert that is haunted by a curse in the form of a, well, a Native American curse, I guess. They don't really explain it. Uh, in the form of a ferocious creature that dwells underground. This is Kevin Tenney's third movie. You know, he did Witchboard, mm -hmm. which I love, and then Night of the Demons. And this was released the same year as Night of the Demons. I don't think it's as strong as those first two, um, mostly for a few reasons. <laughs> it's it's still a really fun creature feature, and they don't really explain the rules of this at all. Like, it's sludge. It comes like above ground as sludge, and there's, mm -hmm. like, Native American spears that kind of keep it in place, I guess. And uh, underground, it is this crazy, it's almost like those Zool dogs from Ghostbusters, but dialed up to 11. <laughs> Is kind of what it looks like. But the reason why people will probably not love it as much is it's not very kind to animals. Uh, mm -hmm. The whole thing is that this thing really loves innocent souls. So it's constantly looking for like baby animals and baby humans. So like the opening scene, the sludge gets a pack of puppies and then there's kittens Aww. that get eaten. And then there's like some other, I mean, this thing goes for anything. A horny toad gets dragged under a door and you know it sounds worse but the way that it's shot is kind of I, I, i'm gonna say it I mean, it's a little hokey because it's like here's sludge you see sludge dripping and then it cuts back to the puppies and then more sludge dripping and then it cuts back and they're just skeletons so mm, so yeah. it's like sad but it's like done in such a way that you're like yeah okay movie magic you didn't work um, so to be clear, it's attacking a specific kind of frog and not just a really amorous amphibian, right? Correct. In Texas, we have horny toads and they are not amorous. I guess there are frogs and toads that are amorous. But no, this is like a like a spiny lizard's horny. Uh, oh. Thorny horny, however, whatever will convey it to you to know that I'm not talking about an amorous. Uh, a well, I'm less interested all of a sudden. Yeah, all of a sudden, you wanted some horny animals. I don't know why. It's strange. Uh, and also, it does this thing that kind of drives me nuts in that... Um, so the whole reason this, this family moves into this very barren, desolate place is for dad's job. And his son is coming to visit him 
because he lives in Chicago and it's like a, a joint custody type situation. And this dad, it's played by Patrick Kilpatrick. He just goes from loving, doting dad to crazy, intense maniac. Like in point five, set. he just it's it's yeah. crazy the about turn. You know, he he's loses his job sticking up for his son, but then when the son is insisting that there is a monster on the loose and it is coming for the baby, he's like, mm-hmm. no. No, quit lying. And he's shaking the baby and he's shaking his wife and he's trapping <laughs> he's trapping the kid in there and the baby. He leaves the baby with the kid that he doesn't believe and they're oh, yeah, vulnerable yeah. to this monster. And I'm like, what are you doing, you jerk face? Yeah, it's it's a real <laughs> weird. But, you know, if you like some crazy 80s uh, creature features, especially by Kevin Tenney, um, yeah, it's, it's likable for the most part. Watching you Patrick kill Patrick. Um, yeah. And then I revisited Candyman, the 1992 movie by Bernard Rose. You can, I think you can watch it for free on Peacock and it is available on VOD, but I watched my, uh, Scream Factory Blu-ray because they also include the unrated cut, which really there isn't much of a difference. Maybe a few seconds of added gore. Um, and I don't know if I really even need to describe the plot at this point. It's basically a boogeyman, an urban legend about a man with a hook for a hand summoned by a a skeptic grad student researching the myth for her thesis. And, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff goes real wrong. Um, I watched this because I wanted to... I've, I've obviously seen the new movie. And I wanted to talk about this one. I, I wanted, I went back and reviewed for a specific purpose related to writing, but it impressed me. I wish I watched this back to back with a new one because it impressed me how much it's a direct mirror. It's literally mm-hmm. like an inverse in many ways mm-hmm. of the new one. And so many things that happen happen in the new one in just a different sort of way. And it's, uh, I think Phil Noble from uh, Fangoria, the Fangoria's editor-in-chief, referred to it on Twitter as an answer song. Like, Nia DaCosta's movie is an answer song to Bernard Rose's, and that is correct. Like, these two are having a conversation with each other, beat for beat, in so many ways. It's impressive. So, I do recommend revisiting it, especially if you want to watch the new one. So, yeah. That's what I watched. Awesome. I started out the week by watching Dance of the Dead, 2008's pick from Xena on Tubi. I'm sorry for the singing. Go ahead. (laughs) On the night of the big high school prom, the dead rise to eat the living, and the only people who can stop them are the losers who couldn't get (laughs) dates to the dance. All right, Xena, why this one? Because I like zombie movies, and I know that you (laughs) like, you know, horror comedies, and, you know, even though this is like a low-budget movie and stuff and because a lot of people probably skipped out on it because of that i feel like it's 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 a pleasant surprise it's a lot of fun like i found myself laughing i hope that you laughed you know so (laughs) and plus there's zombie frogs there is a zombie (laughs) frog yeah so yeah uh yeah it it was it was an okay horror comedy Mm. not mad that i watched it but you're right It, it is a little bit more low budget and i think it kind of shines through in a little bit of the writing, a little bit of the acting, like some of the deliveries, like it felt like it could have 
potentially been stronger with more money. Yeah. But for what it was, it was fine. And there was a couple of things where I'm like, wow, I don't like these two characters at all. <laughs> and then something happens later and I'm like, hmm, <laughs> I kind of appreciate what happens to these two right now. This they is odd and strange and I did not expect that to happen at all. How how those two ended in that bathroom stall. But <laughs> uh, so watch that one for yourself to see what the hell I'm yes. talking about. Uh, but yeah, you know, it, it definitely, you know, leaned pretty heavily on a lot of tropes. <laughs> Two of the main characters looked exactly alike. So I actually yeah. didn't know which one was doing what at what time. <laughs> and I was very confused about which one was actually supposed to go to prom and who wanted to date a cheerleader. But, um, other than that, yeah, it, it was a fun enough watch. I mean, for 90 minute horror comedy teen prom zombie, yeah. <laughs> that old scenario, uh, it wasn't bad at all. Nice. Uh, and then this one took me a lot longer because it is not being shown with, uh, English or English yeah. overdubbing 2017's good manners. Megan's pick. It was on shutter. Clara, a lonely nurse from the outskirts of Sao Paulo is hired by mysterious and wealthy Anna as the nanny for her unborn child. The two women develop a strong bond, but a fateful night changes their plans. <laughs> All right, Megan, why this one? Uh, it addresses one of your blind spots, and it's really sweet. It's like a horror fairy tale, and I think it's a blind spot for probably a lot of people. I don't think a lot of people know what Good Manners is. It's just a really sweet horror fairy tale. And it's rated PG. So kids, you can watch this one. You're not going to be confused or terrified at all <laughs> by any of <laughs> There's a gore scene in particular. I'm like, how did PG? Wow, Brazil is different. <laughs> that they, that there's one scene in particular like that seems questionable for the MPAA, but different standards, I guess. Uh, you're right. This one, not only it, it is a lot sweeter and more uh, like complex with relationships and thematics and way more than I was expecting. I thought it was going to be a little more straightforward. I'm not going to spoil, even though you can look in the trailer or yeah, even don't. Cover go in blind because I was shocked. Yeah, just go for it. Yeah. Uh, but it's a long movie. Like it's over two hours. So that kind of surprised me too. It feels like it's been a long time since I've seen a horror movie over two hours, but there's such a massive shift halfway through. Like it literally turned, it doesn't turn into a new movie or a different movie. It's like a different it chapter. Does. Yeah. It's, it's like a, it's, it's almost like an intermission in like a Broadway play where it's like break. Here's a completely new story of things that happened after this point. Yeah. Um, which was really interesting. And, and those actors were really good. Like, again, not doing any spoilers because go watch good manners on shutter. Uh, I was surprised. It took me, like I said, it took me a long time to watch just because I couldn't give it my full attention. Yeah. Uh, but it was really good. And that mix of sweet and frustrating and kind of thought provoking and you know, like shake your fist at the screen. <laughs> like, why'd you do that? Yeah. Um, it tugs at your heartstrings. I, I do understand Zena's reaction. when She's like, oh, I want to watch that. <laughs> okay, I, get, I get that. But the the movie I really personally had my oh, I want to watch that is the movie that I saw on Saturday in the theaters in which I saw 2021's Candyman. In present day, a decade after the last of the Cabrini Towers were torn down, 
Anthony and his partner move into a loft in the now gentrified Cabrini. A chance encounter with an old timer exposes Anthony to the true story behind Candyman. Anxious to use these macabre details in his studio as fresh inspiration for paintings, he unknowingly opens a door to a complex past that unravels his own sanity and unleashes a terrifying wave of violence. So, I need to see this one again. That's not a con- that's not a positive or a negative commentary. I feel like I missed a lot. I've never spent so much time looking in the reflections in a movie in my entire life. I know for a fact I missed scenes because I was looking for reflections. <laughs> <laughs> and if you watch it, you'll see. But Megan adding the first of all, calling this a mirror of the first one. The movie literally opens up like telling you that. Like, so yeah. now I'm literally like, oh my God. Yeah. It's like another level to what's happening because I'm sure everyone who sat in the theater started watching it. They're like, what's wrong with the film? But it's it's right. Like it's it's exactly what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Like the the opening title sequences and production companies and everything. It's you know, it open like the original that I just talked about opens looking down on Chicago. Mm-hmm. And this one opens it? looking oh up at yeah. Chicago. I kind of need to set like two TVs like side by side. Then <laughs> that's why I'm like to like watch them. It really helps, I think, to watch them both really close order. But anyway, wow. So yeah, th- this one, there were some really amazing thematic moments and cinematography. Oh, there was a few scenes where the cinematography choices was like I don't know if it was a cinematographer, if it was Nia Costa who it was in the production team, but I was like, oh my God, that was so freaking good. All of it. Well, like, all, it was, it was, but, and the funny thing was, is I was talking to my wife afterwards and we had had a lot of Mexican food and drinks before seeing this, but I also understand the flip side where like I had posted like the picture of me like going into the theater on Instagram and some people were like, ah, I didn't like it. It was mm-hmm. a disappointment. I actually get that too, because it depends on how you're going in to see this movie. What uh, if you're expecting to see something like a hard reboot or there's been so much build behind this. I get it. Like it's so easy to have something in your head. Like what's this going to be? And, and the it's ver- probably not that thing. <laughs> and the very lengthy delay, I think just stretched out expectations yeah. further than mm-hmm. they already were. Yeah. And it's tough because at the same time, no, if you just went into this cold just watching a horror movie, it's fine. Like, it's not necessarily going to blow your doors off if you're just sitting there watching a horror movie for the sake of a horror movie. But if you are there, one, with some background and liking the original Candyman or familiarity, or just looking for that complexity within the characters and the story and that depth that we've seen Jordan Peele bring to the table and see what Nita Costa is able to do with that material on top of it. Um, because I know she's also a writer on the screenplay. Anyway, I really liked it. Uh, I think viewing it with a critical eye will be really helpful, like looking for subtext. Um, but if you're going to be super shallow, which I also really like to be with horror <laughs> movies, there's also some just really, I, d- I wasn't really scared. I wouldn't call this a scary movie. I w- there was some very unnerving parts for sure. And I would potentially throw in the tagline, hey, I think that's infected. Go to the doctor. 
because there's one scene I'm like literally like, dude, what are you doing? That doesn't look good at all. <laughs> but and maybe tryptophobia will, you know, kick off a little bit later in the movie. For those of you who haven't seen it, you'll see it for yourselves. And it ends super, super strong in a way that I think both me and my wife cheered a little bit in the movie theater with the last scene. Not going to give any of that away, though. So Candyman, if the, the hype is objective, like so many other horror movies, I think you're so much better just going in cold. Just like go in and watch it. Just go in as a horror fan. Don't, you know, don't listen to someone else's take and be like, it was amazing. And then expect amazing. And don't go in. It was like, ah, it was a disappointment. Expect that. Just yeah, mm-hmm. you know, give it a chance. I think it was as good as any movie could be that's a sequel using existing source material to create a new story that's both its own and a continuation of uh, the original, I don't think you can do much better. Maybe you can't. I don't know. But I was I was very happy. It was money well spent for me. And I look forward to seeing it again after watching the original Candyman because I know there's going to be some YouTube videos coming out with like a side-by-side going on or something. Mm-hmm. Like playing The Shining forward and backwards at the same time. Like there's overlaps. I'll bet they've got stuff like that. <laughs> Anyway, I have rambled on for way too long. So, what are we watching? How do we watch it? So, I checked out Two Evil Eyes on Blu-ray and Lotta Land on Netflix. I watched The Cellar on Blu-ray and 1992's Candyman on Blu-ray. I watched Good Manners on Shudder, Dance of the Dead on Tubi, and Candyman in the theaters. All right, what am I watching for next week? Megan, you are up. Okay, I feel like I need to start writing these down because have you, I can't, I, I have one and I'm like, wait a minute. Have, have we already right? discussed oh my God. this? Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not going to be any better answering because I, mean, I might be like, I don't think I've seen that. <laughs> did, did I already assign you the vigil? I don't. I don't think so. God, that sounds familiar. But you, did talk, <laughs> you did talk about it. I've talked about did it. I- yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've seen The Vigil. Well, now I want you to see The Vigil. It's on Hulu. Okay. And Zena? Okay, I'm just making sure. Okay? Um, okay. You've seen Phantasm, right? Yes. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That, that's a good thing. Okay. Um, Have you seen Lyle? Lyle? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. L Y L E. Just making sure, John. Gosh, yeah. No, I'm just. No, I'm, I'm making sure that I'm hearing I'm, her. I'm laughing at his reaction, where it's starting to become. I don't know. <laughs> I I know. I just looked it up. I have not seen Lyle. Okay, it is on Tubi. It's on Tubi. Why am I yelling? Lyle. Sorry. Watch it. The Vigil on Hulu and Lyle on Tubi. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. All right, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? 
Stephen King's Salem's Lot returns to life with the James Wan produced movie. Uh, yeah. He's yeah, he's producing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Zena likes Salem's Lot. Uh, yeah, so he's producing a new take on the vampire story with for New Line with Gary Doberman. He did it. The Nun. Annabelle comes home. He's going to write the script and also direct. Uh, Louis Pullman. He was previously seen in The Stranger's Prey at Night. He's going to star as Ben Mears, the man who returns to his childhood home of Jerusalem's Lot in search of inspiration for his next book, only to discover his hometown is being preyed upon by a vampire, leading him to band together with a ragtag group that will fight the evil presence. Interesting that, you know, Stephen King properties just never seem to go out of style. <laughs> uh, Chapelweight is currently... On Epics, which is based on the prequel short story that King wrote that's tied to Salem's Lot, even though they're not all that connected. So, yeah. Uh, Severin is going to release an epic folk horror box set on December 7th. They are... I mean, it is a massive, unprecedented box set. And it's called All the Haunts BRs, A Compendium of Folk Horror. It's curated and produced by acclaimed author and Woodland's Dark and Days Bewitched, a history of folk horror director, Kira Janice. It's a insane co collection anchored by... So her documentary is the anchor for this. And she curated... She had a hand in, in this box set, which is going to feature 20 feature films, three CDs, 126-page book, 15-plus hours of short films, featurettes, and more. It is Whoa. the most comprehensive collection of its kind and begins with her documentary... Uh, from there, 19 of the best known, least known, rarely seen, and thought lost classics of folk horror from around the world, all restored from best available vault elements with special features that include the, all of the featurettes and commentaries and short films. It's going to be limited to only 4,000 units. It's expensive. It's $170, no free shipping and handling. Um, and if that's a lot, which it is. Uh, the documentary and the never before, I mean, this was trapped on VHS. I was super excited to hear that Eyes of Fire is one of the films. That is one I can still vividly recall the VHS on the video store shelves. Um, and it's been trapped there ever since. So this is, you know, pretty awesome. Um, yeah. And I'm not going to list all of the other movies that are included in this box set because that's a lot. But do you can go to Bloody Disgusting and look it up. They are some deep cuts. There's a couple that you'll recognize, but for the most part, they are super deep cuts. So if you are an avid collector and you think you've seen it all, like this box set is probably going to prove you wrong. Um, and also, almost all of them are not region locked. So if you're, you know, across nice. the pond... You can still get this box set, and most of these will be accessible. Um, and then Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, spotlights uh, the horror with new images. Um, and that includes Lisa Trevor. So Sony's Johannes Roberts directed the film reboot of Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, which is coming on November 24th. And, uh, and if you don't know, he did uh, Strangers Pray at Night. Um, but yeah, he has promised like all of the news released so far about this is that he's promised to return to the terrifying roots of the original video games, particularly the first two. 
And IGN scored first look images because uh, obviously marketing is about to start ramping up. And they mm-hmm. sh- they showcase Claire Redfield, Leon Kennedy, Jill Valentine. Yeah, your heroes. But they showed the nightmarish Lisa Trevor, or at least gave us a glimpse of, of Lisa Trevor. And that name should make fans of the video game franchise very, very happy. I was shocked. Um, Lisa Trevor is a new addition to the 2002 GameCube remake of the 1996 game. And so if you're familiar in any way, that is one nightmarish character that you encounter. Yeah, I am not going to go into the backstory of the character because I don't think that it's going to be that faithful because they are kind of, he is blending multiple games into one movie. Um, But her character, obviously you could Google it. Uh, she has a very tragic backstory on top of being one of the most terrifying entities encountered. So obviously, just one image alone uh, pretty much confirms that he was making good on his promise to go back to the horror roots. So yeah, nice. I'm excited. And then last but not least, uh, Fady Alvarez produced Texas Chainsaw Massacre got acquired by Netflix. Signs that we are edging at least a little bit closer to the release of the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, And that was Netflix's acquisition for global rights of the upcoming sequel. Uh, Fady Alvarez is producing, along with Bad Hombre's Rodolfo Sayegas, both of them coming off of Don't Breathe 2, alongside the co-writer of the original 1974 film, Kim Henkel. David Blue Garcia directed the movie for Legendary, which was written by Chris Thomas Devlin and filmed last year, and it is a sequel to Toby Hooper's original classic. It takes place years after the shocking events of the original in a setting where Leatherface hasn't been seen or heard from since. It, it seeks to pick up where Hooper and Kim Henkel film initially left off, bringing the most notorious horror franchise back to life in the same bold and provocative manner that it was first introduced into the world. I don't know what that means, but we have talked about this sequel before in the casting news and how it kind of sounds a lot like Halloween 2018. The same naming scheme and the same let's revisit some of these characters after so much time has passed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. I um I actually have some news, if that's okay. Yay. Yeah, I was going to wait and... Only stuff. because it's our anniversary that you otherwise can throw no off our okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's actually a new film from Jaretta Jaretta, Lambert Obaba, and Kansas Bowling, and the synopsis is a crew of vacationers in New Orleans French Quarter end up trapped inside a movie theater when mm-hmm. ravenous soul sucking ghouls descend upon them for a night of pure horror. Mm. Oh right, and then the news is I mean that's that's the great news, and there's like the the Kickstarter it actually just launched, and I am a, one of the executive producers, so yippee. so look out for that guys coming out next well coming out in twenty twenty two here you go jeez, yeah. you're gonna be too big for us soon Zena you I know all these no, dr- producer never. hats on I know I'm like I need updates no. you you're how many projects are you juggling now? Miss, like big time oh, industry wig. No, not me. Uh, no, th- not a lot. Not a lot. Not a lot. <laughs> not you, you just got to keep up with your IMDb I know. page. Aren't you, exactly. Aren't you still exact? Like what? Are, what's the status on the mental hor- health and horror? Mental health document? and horror. Oh, we're still filming. Still filming. We're See, still filming. you're still filming, yeah, and you're already picking up filming. a new project. Yeah. Happy anniversary. <laughs> Sorry, John. You can you can go ahead. 
<laughs> no, it's fine. It's good news. Congratulations. Yeah, That's awesome. All right, listeners, your turn. Want all the folk horror in an easily consumable package? Need more Resident Evil Nightmare Fuel? And it is Nightmare Fuel because I never played Night Resident Evil, and I just looked up that image. That is messed up. Yeah. Lisa Taylor got something wrong with her. So let's hear about it. <laughs> number is 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes, or feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. Again, for those of you who submitted to our contest, thank you so much. We will get to your questions in a future episode. Finally, Zine is going to make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options and clue us in on what will be appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Zina, what should we be watching? Well, we have a very less busy week, which is kind of sad. You know? um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, we get a break. It's been a year. Yeah, I, I guess so. That's true. That's true. Uh, well, first, Candyman is out in theaters. Yeah. Um, you should check it out. Go treat mm-hmm. yourself. Have a good time. Um and then also on Thursday, uh, the second, Superhost will be available on Shutter. With their follower account dwindling, travel vloggers Teddy and Claire, they decide to create viral content around the most recent Superhost, Rebecca, who wants to do more for the duo than a great review. I saw some pictures for this one. I don't know if it's supposed to be like a horror comedy, but it kind of made me laugh. <laughs> she looked crazy, you know? But it looks like it's going to be a fun time. Uh, there's also going to be a new episode of Slasher. I don't know if you guys have been watching that series this season so far. Yeah. Uh, I actually posted a video. I got the exclusive scoop. They sent me a video of all of the deaths so far. So obviously Whoa. don't don't watch it if you aren't caught up. But okay. it is super gory. Super yeah. gory. They are not skimping on the... Uh, bloodletting and entrails flopping nice. this season <laughs> cool and entrails yeah. flopping it flops yep there is some entrails flopping to the floor uh. oh okay flopping to the floor that should be our title um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the there's... anniversary <laughs> entrails flopping but yeah, uh, so that is available. Uh, then also on Friday, uh, the third, We Need to Do Something will be available on VOD. Seeking shelter from a storm, a family finds itself trapped for days with no sign of rescue and untold evils lurking just beyond the walls. And of course, Bloody Disgusting TV is available for you in your eyeballs right now. <laughs> And that's the Bloody Disgusting Podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at HauntedMeg. Zena can be found on her own site, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at Lovely Zena on Twitter. You can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod, or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And for even more content and rewards, Check us out on patreon.com slash bedisgustingpod. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zeno. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody.
Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.